What's up, everybody? Welcome tonight to this midweek edition of Heart to Heart. We just got one heart here tonight. So Pastor Stephanie is out of pocket tonight, but she sends her love and wants you guys to know that she'll be back joining us the very next episode next week. But uh, for the last week, we've been talking about clear thinking about relationships uh, throughout the program tonight. If this Heart to Heart program has been a blessing to you, uh, this will uh, just periodically pop up and there's ways that you can get involved, ways that you can be involved in helping support our ministry, our crusades, Heart to Heart program, our orphanages and children through One Child Matters. So many ways to get involved. We hope that you will tonight. But last week we started uh, clear thinking about relationships and we kicked off with 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read it tonight, 13 and 13. It says, now these remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then we talked about another scripture that says, if we go on hurting one another, uh, tearing each other apart, then we will willfully destroy one another. Uh, And uh, I remember Stephanie and I talking about that relationships would be easy if they were perfect uh, or we were perfect. Uh, We're not perfect. Uh, Dads aren't perfect to their children. Children aren't perfect to their mom. Uh, Fiancés aren't perfect to one another. We have failures. We have faults. We have flaws. And so we talked about last week when we kicked it off, what do you do when you're frustrated in a marriage? What do you do uh, when you're frustrated uh, with that relationship? What do you do when you're you're annoyed with uh, the relationships at your job or your boss and uh, are confronted by confusion, struggling with selfishness? Um, and in our world, most of the problems and relationships are solved in about a 90-minute lifetime movie. And we joked last week about whether it be a 250-page uh, romance novel or where, whether it be a Hallmark movie or a Lifetime movie. You can go to any theater and see any chick flick. Everything comes together and it's all solved in about 90 minutes. And that might be entertaining, but that's not life. Uh, And so we're going to talk about some practical ideas and sew things up in this subject matter tonight, give you some advice. Uh, How do you fall in love when you've fallen out of love? Uh, How do you restore a friendship uh, that has been uh, broken? How do you heal a relationship where you feel uh, that you've been betrayed? Uh, I'm I'm speaking to someone tonight. There are those of you out here right now uh, that are listening to this or sharing this podcast or listening right now on iTunes. You've been betrayed. You've been treated wrong. Uh, There have been people that you have invested more into the relationship that you received back. And and it's caused you to be very uh, not trusting of people. Uh, not trusting uh, being involved in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship. And so uh, we're going to give you some advice of how to love imperfect people, how to make relationships more perfect, and they'll never be perfect, but how can we strive towards healthy relationships when the relationships involve imperfect people. And last night, or I'm sorry, last week we talked about thanking God for our differences. And uh, I know in my own marriage with Stephanie, uh, we we thank God for our differences. And that's difficult sometimes, just by way of recap here for about five, eight minutes. Um, relationships are always going to have differences. And what's interesting about that is it can bring such incredible joy, but it can also bring a lot of pain, a lot of agony. Uh, And so because we think differently, uh, these differences will will really, really cause hurdles and obstacles you have to learn to overcome. Genesis chapter 1 says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. But when God created 
us also, it means that we also had some incredible differences uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Men and women are different. And so if we're made incredibly different, that means that we still get frustrated by those differences. Uh, mentioned last week, why can't she see it the way that I see it? Why can't he understand what I'm saying? I'm talking to somebody tonight. There's times where you're like, why can't they just agree with me? Why can't they see my point of view? And uh, and so what we do is is we don't realize that God made us that way. He made us to be different. And so sometimes it takes both of you to come to a whole truth. Uh, that's a way to celebrate differences. Stephanie and I can actually get further down the road and have a healthier marriage because of our differences. Do you realize that sometimes it takes both of those differences to figure something out? It takes both of you to come to the whole truth? In other words, did you know that your spouse can actually uh, come up with something that you would have never come up with. They can help you in a way that you could have never done on your own. Sometimes uh, we, we have to realize that our spouses can help us grow in a way that we never would have grown. Uh, we, we would never be the person we are without those extra ingredients and differences nurturing a relationship. So in Romans 15, 7, when it says, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. And we talked about last week that when I celebrate my spouse's difference, uh, differences from mine, uh, if you're not married tonight, you're in a relationship, a dating relationship, perhaps you're engaged, this could be a, a, a great friendship. It could be couples with other couples. It could be, uh, you know, family with their siblings and vice versa. When we celebrate those differences, the Bible says that all the praise and honor goes to God. I give the Lord praise when I honor the differences in the relationships that I have. So that was the first thing that we talked about last week. And the second thing, we didn't get very far. We talked about going to God with our disappointments. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2 says, Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Let me tell you why this is exciting, Facebook and, and all the different places that are watching tonight. Um, when, when we... When we make allowances, we do it because of our love. It doesn't mean that we excuse the sin. It doesn't mean that we cover it up. It doesn't mean that uh, we ha ignore the, the, the wrong things that have been done to us or the mistakes that have been made. But what love does is it makes allowances for someone else's faults. Stephanie loves me, and because of her great love for me, it, it, it creates room. It makes an allowance for the times that I fall short. It doesn't, it doesn't give me license to fall short any time that I want to. I love her so much, and whether she fell short or not, that's not going to determine my level of love for her. But because I love her so much, she has that space to not be perfect. No, that doesn't mean that she's going to run around going, well, I can do whatever I want to because Michael loves me so much, it's not going to matter anyway. No, the scripture says it makes allowances so we have to go to God with our disappointments. You have to understand tonight, folks, that that person that you married or that child that you have, uh, that child that you're about to have, that friendship that you had, that person is not perfect. And so many times in our lives, I'm talking to somebody tonight, you're expecting that relationship to complete you. You're expecting that man or that woman to complete you. You're expecting, you know, well, if I, if I get married, then I'll be complete. Well, and that didn't work. And oh, if I have children, then I'll be complete. No, that didn't work. And oh, if I get that job or I drive this car or I, I make this amount of money or I achieve this uh, in my career, that will make, none of that is going to satisfy. Sometimes the world we live in 
It disappoints us. Sometimes we have to understand that by our own image uh, about things, uh, the expectations that we even put on upon ourselves, they disappoint us. Uh, I, I don't know where we got into the, the, the mentality that we're going to have a perfect wedding and it's going to have the perfect cake and we're going to have the perfect honeymoon. I don't think anybody ever had a perfect honeymoon. Uh, I'm going to have the perfect kids. They're going to live perfect lives. I'm going to have a perfect retirement. Uh, there's no such thing. And as I said before, it might be entertaining in our culture, but it's not real. That's not how life works. So what do you do with disappointments? What do you do when it, it doesn't turn out like you expected? What do you do uh, when it's not the marriage that you thought it would be or uh, the kids are not acting the way that you want them to act or that friendship? What do you do? Because uh, we go to God. We go to God with disappointments. And, and the beginning point is recognizing that my God can meet any need that no one else can meet. Let me, let me say something to somebody tonight. If the first thing you do when you get all into your feelings is hop on a keyboard and tell a whole bunch of strangers you are the problem. We have too many people that are going to Facebook, they're going to Twitter, they're going to Instagram. Uh, that's ridiculous. Go to God. Go to God. But you're, I'm, I'm even telling you, go to God before you go to your pastor. And I'm a pastor. But go to the Lord. Make sure that you're coming to him and saying, God, these are the things that I'm struggling with right now because we expect people, we expect a pastor, we expect uh, Facebook, we expect a church to meet needs that only God can meet. He's the only one can, that can meet the struggle head on that you're facing right now and come through victorious. They're not perfect, you're not perfect, only God will never fail. Uh, I saw a television magazine uh, show and they were doing on uh, a story on some twins and one was facing Alzheimer's uh, and one didn't have it. Uh, it would almost kind of remind you of maybe like the notebook, uh, except they weren't married. They were, they were twins. And the thing that gripped me about this story was this incredible love for this person uh, for their sibling, even though as they uh, graduated on in life, they had no idea who they were. First Corinthians says, love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and it endures every circumstance. Where are you going to find the power to endure every circumstance? That's a good question tonight that you need to ask yourself. Where will you find the power, the strength, the, the internal fortitude to deal with what you're walking through. You got to go to God. You got to go to God with your disappointments and, and, and let him give you the strength. Let him give you the power and the love that you've never, ever experienced before because life did not, for some of you, turn out the way that it expected. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but it just keeps ringing in my, my spiritual antenna that I'm talking to somebody. Somebody listening right now, life didn't turn out the, the way you thought it would. That, that, that marriage, that relationship uh, didn't turn out the way that you thought. And so you got to watch God give you the strength that only He can give you, the strength that you don't have yourself. God, I, I, I'm coming to you with these disappointments. Give me the strength that I need. So uh, what do you do when you, when you don't feel a disappointment? What do you do when you, when you don't feel anger? Let's just be honest tonight. What do you do when you don't feel anything anymore? What if there's a struggle in, in many of your relationships and, and you just are so numb that you go, you know what, I, I, I don't feel anything. Well, we'll pick up where we left off last week. You, you trust God with your feelings. 
You, you got to recognize that when you don't feel anything, we have a God that can be trusted to restore those feelings. Psalm 62 and 8 says, trust God all the time. Tell him all your problems because God is our protection. Hebrews says we can trust God to do what he promised. People ask me all the time as a pastor, uh, pastor, is, is love an action or a feeling? And I like to say that it's both. Love is a feeling. Uh, I do feel a certain way when I love someone, but it also is the way that I act. And so for many of us, when the feeling is gone, the action is gone. What do you do then? The only way for you to have that feeling restored is to act in love. I used to say to people all the time, you know, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't feel your way into an action. You act your way into a feeling. If you ever went to church and you didn't feel like worshiping, maybe you had a terrible week and you came in and they were worshiping and you just didn't feel anything. And have you ever just said, you know what, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget everything. I'm just gonna worship you. And you just put up your hands and you begin to worship the Lord. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, tears begin to flow. And maybe you begin to be, begin to speak in your heavenly language and you're lost in the presence of God. What happened? You acted your way into a feeling. Let me tell a husband or a wife something tonight, or a best friend or a family member. If you're waiting to feel a certain way before you act a certain way to your loved ones, then you're going to be waiting a long time. You don't always feel love. You don't always feel nurturing uh, emotions. You don't always feel happy. You don't always feel joyful. Sometimes I do the things that I know God called me to do. And when I act in love, then the feelings many, many times, majority of the times will follow. So, uh, and some people might say, well, you know, I feel like that's being hypocritical. That's not being hypocritical. That's just being real. The truth is, feelings in our life, they go up and down. Some days you have good days. Some days you have bad days. Some days you have great week. Some people say, I've had a bad year so far. So feelings are going to come and go. But what we do is we act in love. And one of the reasons, matter of fact, that many people uh, struggle in their relationships is because uh, they start to live a lie. There's problems in their marriage. There's problems with their children, problems at jobs. And then they just start to ignore it. Uh, they don't want to deal with it. It's right there in front of them, but then they pretend it's not there. I want to tell you something. Pretending something is not there and just covering it up, that's the word. Isn't that crazy? Uh, to, to not deal with issues and just to pretend that they're not there. I was uh, remembering a story I heard from a pastor many years ago where a man, well, he took a vow that he was going to stop drinking and it was... It was Christmas Eve and he decided the best thing to do was to just go to a monastery or hang out with a bunch of monks all night long because he was trying to stop drinking Christmas Eve. But he slipped up and he took a bottle of wine into the monastery and before you knew it, he had a weak moment. He took a couple of glugs and, and uh, he got drunk and so the rest of the night he was singing every Christmas carol that he could think of in his mind. Well, what he didn't realize is every monk in that monastery had taken a vow of silence for 12 hours. So every one of these monks had to listen to this guy singing all night long and they couldn't tell him for a second to shut up. You know what? Some of you have taken a vow of silence in your marriage. Some of you have taken a vow of silence in your relationships and, 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 and you've covered it up and, and you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to deal with it. And, and that's not God's intention. Uh, I can tell you there are so many pastors that deal with people that are struggling in their relationships. Uh, they have problems. And you'd even be shocked at how many people even get divorced just because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it. But Lamentation says, 
Turn us around and bring us back to you again. That's our only hope. Give us back the joys that we used to have. You know what I would challenge somebody listening tonight that maybe feels like giving up right now or has lost all hope? Just let Lamentations 5 minister to you where it says, turn us around. It says, bring us back the joy. Give us back the joy that we used to have. I I, I challenge somebody tonight. Go to the Father and say, Lord, bring back the joy in my relationships. Bring back the joy and the happiness and the vitality in my marriage and with my children and with all the people that I that I associate with on a daily basis. Lord, bring it all back. So we thank God for our differences. Absolutely, that helps you clearly think about relationships. Number two, you go to God with your disappointments. Number three, you trust God with your feelings. Fourthly, tonight, you you ask God for His direction. Uh, can I tell you something? You probably already know this, but here's a newsflash. God invented relationships. He invented marriages. He invented families. He invented friendships. And in James chapter 1, it says, If you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask Him, and He will gladly tell you. Listen to how the scripture ends. It says, He will not resent you for asking, but when you ask Him, be sure that you would really expect Him to answer. Somebody tonight, maybe you should ask God, God, should I get married or not? Lord, I'm married. What's the next step in our marriage? Lord, what do I need to do with my career? Father, how do I get through this problem? How do I get over this block in my friendship? What should I say to my kids? Oh, the Bible says that he'll gladly tell you. So now the question is how? When you ask him for advice, how do you know what to do next? Well, there's two ways. Number one, through his word. Ding, 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 there's a shocker. But every answer you need, my friends, is right there in his word. He wrote it to give us advice. For instance, there's a verse in the Bible that says if someone is a believer in Christ and they want to marry someone who is not a believer in Christ, the Bible says the, sh- the two shouldn't get married. Now, that's hard advice for some to take, I know. But we're in love and... But pastor, I really think we can make it. Uh, I really want to build my life with this person. But see, the Bible put advice in there. Ask him. It's right there in his word. And he knows if two people that aren't heading in the same spiritual direction uh, uh, get married, they're going to be uh, some incredible suffering. There's going to be incredible struggles in their life. Is God really interested in stuff like this, Pastor Michael? He's interested in stuff uh, like this because he created relationships and he wants them to be healthy and he wants you to have joy and vitality and, and, and extreme happiness in your relationships. Have you noticed that when it comes to relationships, there's a lot of people that want to give you advice about relationships? But I told you there are two ways that when you ask God, he'll answer you. The first one was in his word. Every answer to everything you need is right there in his word. And the second thing is to just check out other believers. Talk to other believers. Did you know the Bible says there's wisdom and counsel? And so uh, you, you have to realize that you have to accept any situation that God has put you in. Uh, I know people that have married 20, 25 years, 35 years, uh, and they still don't know if they've married the right person. Uh, My mom and dad in August, I was talking to my dad before the broadcast tonight, are going to celebrate 56 years in marriage. And trust me, Stephanie and I know that we can go to Alan Linda Rowan and we can ask some advice. I want to see what the Word of God has to say to help us in our marriage, to help me in my relationships. But I'm also going to talk to other godly men and women for advice. 
Think about this for a second. The Bible says to accept whatever situation God has put you into. So if you're, if you're here tonight and you're watching this broadcast and you're wondering, did I make a mistake? Is this person really the person for me? That's why he puts that phrase in this verse. Accept whatever situation God has put you into. When you married the person that you are married to right now, they immediately became God's plan for your life. So never think about that again. Man, that was for somebody tonight. Somebody that thinks they made a mistake. Somebody that thinks they blew it. No, the Bible says accept every situation that God has placed you in. And so the moment you said, I do, and you made that covenant, God said, that is my plan for your life. So rest easy in that and start focusing on building the relationship instead of tearing it down with questions and fear and doubt. So the fifth and final thing that will help you clearly think about relationships tonight is, and obviously we, it's, it's obvious, look to Jesus Christ as your example. Um, you know, uh, I'm reminded of a story of a couple they bring a, a newborn baby home, and obviously many of you know that have had children. You're up all hours of the night. Baby's up at one, baby's up at two, baby's up at four. And sometimes, you know, the husband knows that maybe the right thing to do would be like, you know what, she was up at one, she was up at two, maybe I should get up at four. But uh, some husbands will, even though they're awake, act like that they're asleep uh, because they don't want to get out of the bed. I mean, at least that's what I've heard. But... Uh, Think about that for a second. They'll pretend they're asleep. Why? Because we struggle at the very core with selfishness in our relationships. Men and women at our very core are selfish in our relationships. And so what we need to do is we need to look to Jesus as the example of how we can make unselfish choices. Hope I'm talking to somebody tonight. Share this broadcast right now. I challenge you on all your social media. But uh, one of the ways that you become unselfish is by giving yourself a reason to become unselfish. Maybe if there's somebody out there saying, man, if I help my wife more around the house or if I help my husband more, you know, uh, with the kids or vice versa, you know, uh, maybe it would strengthen our marriage. Just there's nothing wrong with saying I need a reason. I want to make sure that I'm that I'm making unselfish decisions. And then obviously, uh, you need a better example, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into this world, not for His own sake, but for our sake. Think about that for a second. Can I minister to say, can I speak right into the heart of somebody tonight? Jesus is the only person in history that never said the words, what's in it for me? I mean, if I do this, what's in it for me? He was so unselfish. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says, Be kind and loving to each other and forgive each other just as God forgave you. How in the world are you going to find the power to forgive somebody who hurt you? You can't figure out a selfish reason to do that. There's no reason except for the fact that you need forgiveness. And in Philippians, the Bible says, Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. In closing, tonight, I'm reminded of a story of a couple little boys. Kevin was five and Ryan was three. And they were sitting down for breakfast and their mom brought out uh, some pancakes. And so when she immediately brought out the first pancake, both the five and the three-year-old immediately rushed and tried to grab the pancake. And so the mom decided that this was a great moment uh, to teach a moral lesson to her boys. And so she looked at the older and said, uh, Kevin, if Jesus were here, uh, 
he would probably give his younger brother the first pancake and then patiently wait for the second. To which immediately Kevin looks over at his little brother and says, Ryan, you be Jesus. <laughs> so let me ask you, who's going to be Jesus? Who's going to be Jesus in this situation? Who's going to be, who's going to be Jesus? Who's going to be the one to, to make the unselfish decision to be more like Christ? And again tonight, we're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about the power of one unselfish act. God, I challenge you before the next week starts. You've, you've still got a half of a week this week and a whole weekend. Can you make a determination in your heart? You know what? I, I'm going to try to do one unselfish act, one unselfish word. Let me tell you something tonight. One unselfish word can change everything. One unselfish act can turn your marriage in the right direction. One unselfish word uh, can provide an, an incredible healing in a relationship. Where are you going to find the power to do that? It's not in yourself. It, it, you know what? It's not even in Jesus. He's the example. But how do you do that? It's in your relationship with Him. When you look at how much He has forgiven you, you know what? You can say, that gives me the strength to forgive others. When you look at how much uh, uh, He has been patient with you, in order to grow, you know what? You can say, I'm, I'm going to have the strength and the patience uh, in a relationship to watch someone else grow. Uh, Jesus was very honest about our faults in a gentle way, to find the strength and the skill to be honest with someone in a gentle way. Jesus Christ went to the cross willingly. Man, isn't that powerful? Even today in 2019, he went to the cross willingly, sacrificed his life because he loves you. You find the strength to sacrifice some of your time for somebody else. Jesus is the example. Let's be like him. And so in closing tonight, 1 John 3.18, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them and show them by our actions. You know what? Pick up the phone. Send somebody an email. Shoot somebody a text. Uh, you know, call someone on the phone. What unselfish act or word is going to happen in your life this week that will provide tremendous health and healing and restoration to your relationships? I hope you'll do that tonight. Maybe even before you go to bed. Don't put it off. Don't put it on a to-do list. Don't have Siri set a reminder. Do it tonight. Make the text, make the, the, the Facebook messenger, the Instagram post, the email. Do something that says, you know what? My unselfish act tonight is going to revolutionize my relationships. It's going to turn things around. Amen. Well, I hope tonight's Heart to Heart blessed you. Uh, as a quick reminder, Pastor Stephanie will be back with us next week when we start talking to all the single folks uh, about how to find true love. And until you find true love... How do you make sure that while you're single, you're doing everything you can until that Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright comes along? It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, hey, would you put your hands out like this? I want to bless you before we're done. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. May he cover you with his name, the name of Jesus. Father, and I pray an extra special blessing on the marriages, the work relationships, parents with children, children with parents, friendships, uh, fiancés, Lord, every relationship. 
Give us strength to think clearly, uh, to provide health and wholeness to those relationships. I bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.